Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Master Life Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights and information or simply learning from them. But before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have a very special guest, rather going to him before, let's just listen about him, see about him a bit. Just a second. So we have the man himself and let's go straight to him. William Brimstone, President and CEO at the Grindhouse Radio, Inc. and Hound Comics. Welcome to the show, Brim. Welcome first to and, India. First and foremost, I've got to say, AJ, finally Brimstone has made it to the KAJ Masterclass live with all you people out there. It's going to be unbelievable. Super psyched, super stoked across over the seas, hanging out with my boy AJ. Listen, brother, we're going to have a good time today. And uh, I'm just waiting to hear what we what, what, what we have to do. I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting. I need my assignment, man. What, what are we doing? I'm ready. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for those kind words, Brim. Uh, those are indeed very kind words. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about your journey, about a lot of uh, insights that you have, in, especially onto the, into the entertainment industry. And we'll talk about how entertainers can market themselves best in today's time. Because India, as you know, Bollywood is here. A lot of people are into creative stuff. There are a lot of creators coming on. It's the create time of the creator economy. But let me just first talk to you. You are a pro wrestler, actor, author, comic hero, entrepreneur, podcast host, foodie, and, and there are several more aspects to you what you do. So who is Brimstone? What is Brimstone all about? Listen, you know, I've been in entertainment for over 40 years. Um, I started my career on, uh, you know, some big children's shows here in the United States, Sesame Street and Romper Room, both iconic, um, you know, television series. And, uh, you know, throughout the years, I had the opportunity to kind of jump into many different uh arenas so so to speak of uh entertainment and uh you know i've learned to navigate them all and uh you know just really truly enjoy life and enjoy be enjoy being you know me uh rather than you know working for someone else i work for myself 24 7. i get to be a, a celebrity which is wonderful and um you know it could it could be worse life could be worse so uh you know it's it's fun to be able to kind of just be myself and go and do the things I've always wanted to do and uh, enjoy and just enjoy life because that's what, that's what it's about, right? Truly enjoying life. You, you want to, you, you want to work to live, not live to work. Um, you know, so for me, uh, I, I, you know, I work probably three times more than somebody who works a nine to five type of, of a job. Um, you know, because I work for myself. So you have to have that work ethic in order to, succeed and to, to continue to stay uh, afloat. Um, but what do you call it? Uh, you know, but I'm determined to just leave a legacy behind of, you know, of, of, uh, that my family can be proud of that My kids can be proud of my grandchildren eventually will be proud of and their children's children and so forth. I want people to remember and say, Hey, you know, that guy Brimstone was, he was, he was a, a great guy. He, you know, he worked hard, uh, he put out so much into the universe and gave so much back. Um, and, and that's that's me in a nutshell. I hope that makes a little bit of sense to you. A lot of sense. And you are very modest about your achievements. You make it sound very easy. But it has been a long journey of 40 years, four decades. And I'm sure entertainment industry or any industry for that matter, Brim, is not a easy industry uh, to be at the top place there. So tell us a bit more about your journey, uh, how you started, how, you know, things added up one thing to other and all the learnings that you had uh, when you 
did whatever you did at different stages in life. Because I haven't met a personality like this with so many, you know, so much talent and doing so many things as you are doing at the moment. So how did it all begin? Well, I mean, listen, you know, since it is such a long history and I have done so many different things within it, um, you know, it, it is difficult to, to really fit a lot into a little bit of time. But, you know, I'll give you a, a general gist of of, you know, where I've been. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, I was a child actor. Um, I started probably around the age of five. My mother, my father had gotten divorced and um you know, my mother thought that it would be fun. She thought, you know, I was cute at the time when I was a kid. Now I'm pretty ugly. But, you know, my, when I was a kid, my, my mother said, you know, I think that uh, we should we should take uh, take me into the city and start uh, auditioning for different uh, television series and um, you know commercials and whatever. So that was my first foray into entertainment in general. And, you know, let me let me make it clear. And it works. It goes for anybody at any age. Uh, you know, when you're getting into entertainment, entertainment, um, entertainers are entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs should be entertaining. You know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, even as a child, you are an entrepreneur because you're representing yourself. You're 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 selling yourself. OK. And if you can't sell yourself, you know, nobody else is going to sell sell you for you. You know what I mean? You got to You got to get to that stage, uh, at least at the beginning. You know what I mean? So, you know, you should be entertaining. You should be able to get in front of uh, people, you know, and and pretty much do your thing. So as a child, you know, I went in, I did auditions. I remember for uh, brands like Rice Krispies and A1 Steak Sauce, uh, you know, classics here in the States. I'm sure you know some of them out there. And, uh, you know, it gave me the, the first taste of the of the business. Uh, I, it's not like I was saying, hey, I want to go and do this. My mom just kind of took me and we did it. And um, what do you call it? Thank goodness she did, because here I am years later. But, um, you know, as as a, a child in a divorced home, you know, my parents, uh, you know, my father didn't have me, you know, all but one or two, three days a week uh, or every other week or whatever it was. And, you know, my mother was trying to bring me into Manhattan, which I'm only about an hour from New York City. So uh, everybody knows New York City around the world. You, you know, Manhattan. So um, what do you call it? So I'm about an hour out of out of uh, the city. And, you know, my mother was trying to bring me in and out. But there were certain days when auditions popped up and they came up on my father's days and, you know, they had a little bit of a conflict. And at that point in time, uh, that kind of ended my my uh, opportunity to, you know, go any further at that age. Um, you know, so moving along, I was, you know, uh, a kid just growing up here in, in uh, Long Island in New York. Uh, and what do you call it? The uh, one of my favorite things was. Um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, art. You know, I loved comics. I loved music. Um, and I would sit there and I would draw and draw and draw. And I'm, uh, what do you call it? I'm actually not a bad artist. Uh, I actually wanted to be a comic book artist when I grew up. And uh, I decided, you know, at that time, I'm going to be a famous comic book artist and blah, blah, blah. And that's what I wanted to do. And that was my first, my first thing. And, um, you know, as a kid, I drew so many different characters in the backgrounds and everything. So I, I had always loved comics and 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 so forth. So uh, you know, and and that all comes full circle later on in life, obviously. Uh, but then I found my first true love, which was drumming. Um, I found it in uh, in elementary school. They um, they what do you call it? They made us play the violin at first. So. You know, we, we had to play the violin just like everybody does here in the United States. You start with that. And then uh, then they said, all right, well, welcome to band. Uh, you can pick a different instrument now. And, of course, I went for the drums and the drumsticks. I picked them up and I never turned back. Um, you know, it was a really, really great way to express myself. I could get out any kind of energy that I had. Um, and I and I and I absolutely adored playing and that literally put me through all of, uh, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, private school that I went to, and then right into college uh, to where I, you know, was going to college for music. And um, what do you call it? I, I wound up stopping going to college. I left college because I was out touring and, and doing the music thing. So um, I was in a couple of pretty successful bands. They weren't like ginormous bands, but they were pretty successful in their own right. 
And, uh, you know, one, um, one day I got sick of being in a five-way marriage, you know what I mean? With, with, uh, four other people in a band. So I decided, all right, well, you know, what's the next step? And, uh, you know, I was, I wasn't done with music. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to leave music. I just kind of wanted to take a minute to, to take a break and take a breather. Um, and I was at the time, uh, because you know, which, what's not in my bio, my professional bio in terms of, of, uh, brimstone my professional bio in terms of of uh, you know um prior to being brimstone 24 7 i had a very very big background in um uh sales and marketing uh advertising and and so forth so um i had worked for every major publication here on long island uh in music and then i wound up working uh for the um what was stern publishing at the time the long island voice that was a sister company of the Village Voice. The Village Voice is a very famous newspaper um, that is, uh, you know, in Manhattan. And, um, you know, it's it was like, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, uh, the, the owner of Stern Publishing, Andrea Stern, her, her pet project, um, she was the daughter of the owner. Uh, she, was, she wanted to start the Long Island Voice. So uh, she came in and she started, uh, you know, doing this thing. And I was one of the early people in there and uh, I was brought in for sales and marketing and I was high up and I uh, worked my way higher and I handled all the bars and the clubs and the music and everything that was in the, the you know, uh, in that area of entertainment in the publication. So again, my, my relationship with entertainment goes on both sides, you know what I mean? From behind the camera and in front of the camera. So, um, you know, so I have a very good idea of, of the business, you know, overall, uh, which I feel is very important for anybody that's getting into the industry. Um, so that being said, I was working for the Long Island Voice. And one day, with, with fate may have it, uh, they knew I was interested in photography. I'm a published photographer also. Um, and they said, you know, hey, uh, we're short on, on photographers. We know you like photography. We know you like wrestling. Uh, one of our writers, you know, who I was friendly with there, uh, Bill Jensen, who actually is doing big things now also, which, which is great to see. Um, you know, we just reconnected recently. So Bill, uh, was doing a story on professional wrestling and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, they needed somebody to go and take some pictures. So I said, sure. Yeah, I'll go down with you. So I went down and, uh, you know, wound up meeting a whole bunch of people that became, you know, later on good friends of mine in the industry. And uh, what do you call it? I, I uh, took the pictures for him and I had the opportunity that changed my, my life, which was uh, I met first with, with the Iron Sheik. If anybody who watches professional wrestling, I'm sure you know the Iron Sheik, legend in the sport. And um, Sheiky looks at me and goes, you look alike you could be a wrestler, you know? And uh, <laughs> I, I, I looked at him and I was a lot smaller at that time, but, um, you know, I guess I had a look and, he likes the look or he could have just been what we say in our business working me, uh, you know, and, and just trying to make some money. But, you know, he goes, you know, I train you, I train you to be wrestler and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so, you know, Shiki was was uh, back and forth with me. Then his agent, uh, who I just spoke with the other day, uh, Snapshot Eric Sims, they call him. Uh, what do you call it? He started talking to me and he started doing like, uh, you know, his shtick for the business, trying to get me to, you know, <laughs> to, to hire Sheik to, to train me. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, a legend, another legend in the industry, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart had overheard, and we had met earlier in the in the day because you know we were going around while Bill was interviewing everybody. I was taking the photos, so he knew I was there, and I wasn't just um, you know a fan. And uh, you know he came to me and he said, "Listen, uh, you know if you're really interested in getting into the industry, um, you know here's my email." Um, way back when it was an AOL email address. And, uh, you know, and he said to me, you know, if you, if you, uh, are really interested, shoot me an email, I'm happy to answer any questions you might have, you know, just give me time. But I said, okay, sure. So, um, I was thumbing through a, a pro wrestling magazine at one point, And, uh, I came across an article that said, um, what do you call it? Pro wrestling, um, you know, new school opening up and it was in, in, uh, Queens, New York, which then turned into Brooklyn afterwards, but uh, it was in Queens, and I was like, it's called the Doghouse. I said, well, let me go check it out. So I actually dug up the email address, and I emailed Brett, and I said, hey, 
you know, what are your thoughts? He told me to what to look out for. I went down there and um, the place was great. You know, it was a little, you know, different than what I was expecting, um, you know, from, from a school, but it was a uh, school of hard knocks, man. And I was with it, you know, cause again, where I grew up in, in New York, uh, I grew up in Uniondale, New York, and um, you know, it's not a wealthy area. It's not a ritzy area. So I built my, myself up, you know, and um, what do you call it? When I went there, I felt like I was at home, you know, I felt, I felt at home. So, you know, uh, long story longer, I trained with them and, and, you know, the doghouse LIWF Long Island Wrestling Federation actually produced a tremendous amount of, of big players that are out in the world today. Um, you know, and, and thankfully I'm, I'm one of the guys that came out of it. So that's where, that's where the brimstone name came from is, is, you know, pro wrestling. And, uh, so thanks to who, my, who, okay. Who gave you that name? I did. I did. I wouldn't call okay. it. I, um, so the story behind that is, uh, we had about an hour every, every time to commute, to get to training. So, you know, I, being from the music industry, being from, you know, uh, a marketing guy, a sales guy, you know, um, an entrepreneur, I knew that I had to think of something that was going to be memorable and marketable. And I also knew that I, you know, wanted to, even though you're not supposed to come up with a brand or a gimmick early on, I was like, well, I need to know what I'm doing, you know, and be ready for it. And, uh, and I was young and I was cocky and I was, uh, you know, uh, one of those guys. And so I, I came up with the, you know, I, hundreds of names. And as we were going through for every drive, you know, we'd knock off 10, 20 of them and then another 10, 20 of them. And then came down to this grouping of 10. And every time we cut the brimstone name, just kept floating to the top, floating to the top. And I said, you know, it's a strong name. Um, you know, it's not a name that's going to go in there and, and take a lick and, um, you know, it's going to be something that, that goes in and, and is powerful. And, um, it also has longevity and it has marketability. And I figured, you know, this, this could be it. And, uh, sure enough, over 20 years later, I'm still brimstone to this day. Uh, you know, everybody calls me brim or brimstone, except for my wife and my kids. They call me all other things that you don't want to say on air here, but no, uh, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that's the story of the name. And, um, you know, the, the, my, my career in, in wrestling was fantastic. And, um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to wrestle pretty much everywhere at one point or another, whether it was for a short period or long periods of time. And, um, I traveled a lot with it. I toured a lot and, uh, held a lot of championships and that was a fantastic thing. Um, you know, and something with, with me is, you know, I was always trying to be innovative. Um, you know, I had my own trading cards out. Uh, I had my own, you know, my shirt line. I had this, I had that. I, you know, I wanted to make sure that people would be able to get product from me other than just eight by tens. Um, because again, it's a business. A lot of the young guys in the industry today don't realize that it's a business and that you need to sell yourself and you need to right. sell products to survive. Um, and what do you call it? The, um, for me, uh, that was the beginning of really, truly branding the name. Um, and, and back when in wrestling, when I first started and I needed to get my name out, I mean, you're talking about marketing wise. I mean, the, the, the whole show here is masterclass. You know, the fact is, is when I started, I had to go on to what they called a microfiche. I'm sure you'll know what a microfiche is where I had to go to find the different territories in wrestling and, you know, who was where and where to send things to and send them out snail mail where you guys know snail mail. It's where an actual person, you know, delivers the mail to your house. And it's not just a quick zip into the email box. Um, so, you know, it was a lot harder for people back when to, to make uh, their bones and, uh, you know, but that's what I did. I, you know, I did a lot of, of guerrilla marketing and to be completely blunt, that's why I also have longevity now is because not only do I utilize the new form of, of, um, you know, of, of marketing, which is obviously the internet and social media and, and so forth. 
but I still go back to my guerrilla marketing days and, you know, and I will hand things out or have people handing things out. I will make appearances. I will go and shake hands and kiss babies, do different things, do charitable events, go back, look in publications that are older, find people who I want to talk with in terms of, um, you know, uh, articles and so forth that are written about me. So there's there's a lot of work that, that I put in. That, um, you know, and yes, I have a publicist and I have a team of people. I have assistants at this point in the game. But, you know, I'm still I have that work ethic that if I'm not doing it, nobody else is going to do it, even though they get right. paid to do it. I right. I do the most for myself, um, you know, and, and I've always I've always prided myself on, on putting my best foot forward and making things happen. Um, so I hope I'm answering your questions, by the way. Of course, of course. Very well, in fact. And yeah, uh, if you have finished, then I'll, I'll ask my other question. The story remains. Go ahead. Okay. I mean, I can, I can go on forever, but that's you, where I got you to can, Because then first was, first was your start, your, your early life, then, uh, then into pro wrestling. And then how did this radio thing happen? That's, uh, that's what you are doing right now. Oh, I mean, and, and obviously the comic books. <laughs> so, okay, so the comic books. After after the years of wrestling, um, I started deciding that you know, listen, I love the business, and I and I love, I would love to be in the ring right now. Uh, matter of fact, I was lamenting over it earlier this morning um, after you woke me up with your email. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> remember, guys, it's about 8 o'clock his time and about 10.30 in the morning, 8 o'clock at night his time and about 10.30 in the morning my time. So what do you call it? Uh, you know, we're adjusting with each other here. Uh, you're winding down and I'm waking up. But uh, that being said, um, you know, like, um, uh, you know, I didn't want to be in my 60s, you know, having a bump around in a ring and, and um you know, I had I had already done a lot there. I had my own school. I I toured. I did a whole bunch of different things. One of my students had opened up a school. I went and I worked with one of my students to help train students there. And you know, like so, you know, I I I already spread my seed in in uh, what do you call the pro wrestling world a lot. And um, I decided, you know, if I wanna if I wanna make my way out a little bit, I need to do something that doesn't kill the brimstone brand um and that will continue on a quote-unquote legacy that i'm gonna leave you know behind so uh i figured to myself i said well you know in terms of of the the professional wrestling world what are pro wrestlers what what are wrestlers to you they're they're real life superheroes you know what i mean we get in the ring we jump around we beat each other up we toss it around and throw you know like so, you know, everybody comes out in a colorful outfit. Well, at least back when they did. And, um, you know, so I, I I went, I said, you know, Brimstone would be a really cool comic book character. Boom, right back to my love of, of comics. And, uh, you know, I, I said to, to myself, I can't do this one on my own because I can write, but I don't know how to do it and how to get it off the ground. But I'm going to learn, you know. So I called up my buddy, Marcello Cornavale, who is um, a, a friend of mine you know, in wrestling, but he and I had a, a mutual friend, one of my tag partners, uh, Chris Hostel, who I knew from the music days. Uh, and I brought him into the, the wrestling school with me. Um, what do you call it? He was friends with Chris. And then Chris and I introduced, uh, Chris introduced him to me and we've been friends ever since. And one of my best friends in the world. And, uh, we went to, to sit down for a, what was supposed to be maybe a half hour, 45 minute cup of coffee at a diner, uh, where I was telling him, Hey, this is my idea. What do you think? And we wound up sitting there for about three, four, five hours uh, and wrote out the entire Bible uh, for the Brimstone and the Borderhound universe, which, you know, encompassed the uh, the comic book series um, and what would turn into a kid's book series as well. And the animated, the, every, just everything you could think of, the, the, the video games, it all started at that, that one meeting uh, at, at a, a local diner. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, we started talking about it. We got it going. Uh, he he agreed to get on. He started writing the first four books, which is the first uh, a four book story arc. Um, and you know, I started working on putting together the team. And you know, it took some time. It took a couple of years to get it off the ground. People sometimes think that it happens like this. It took a couple of years. Um, you know, I had to learn an entire business. However, I had 
a tremendous amount of publishing history because I worked for so many different publishers. I also worked for Newsday, which for those of you in, in the New York uh, area, you know Newsday is one of, the one of if not the biggest newspaper in the area because they bought me from The Voice. We didn't even touch on that. Um, what do you call it? And then um, what do you call it? Uh, um, I uh, worked for another company called or worked with another company called Job Expo that um, they wanted to open up their own publication. And there was a guy who was there doing it a little bit and wasn't necessarily doing a great job. He started getting it started, but it was called Careers LI. And I wound up taking it, flipping it into the uh, the um, employment journal. And I built it out from a six page, uh, you know, ads publication to over 150 page ad, you know, publication uh, with what he called with contacts everywhere. And, um, you know, and, and, uh, distribution and the printing and blah, 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 you name it. And I did it. And then that expanded with other career fairs. And this was on the side of doing wrestling and everything else, mind you. So what do you call it? Uh, so while I'm touring, I'm doing this other stuff. So that being said, I, uh, I, what do you call it? I launched this employment journal. I did very, very well with that, but I knew public, I knew publishing. So I didn't have to learn everything, but comics is a completely different animal. So I wound up, I, I figured out who I was going to print with, built some relationships and uh, got my team together, which is, again, it's a whole story. Uh, but, you know, to, to make it um, a little quick and, and uh, you know, kind of more in a nutshell, um, I found people. So if you're looking to do something like this, I found people online because now we have the, the luxury of the Internet. Uh, you know, when I, I Googled, I found people on what they call Deviant Art, which is a place where artists go to show their stuff and found some some really amazing artists who were they, they were first getting out there they didn't have a name yet and i went and i promised them i said if you work on this with me and don't charge me you know up front what do you call it i will give you on the back end and i promise you i will get your name out there um because i already had a name i people knew me right. they're the people that i came on knew who i was it wasn't like i was a complete stranger which was a good thing um and uh, what do you call it? Sure enough, you know, after uh, a couple of years of, of putting it all together, we had four issues up, done, ready to go. Um, and I, what do you call it? I, I put out the, um, I, I started putting out the call to all of the different big publishing companies because, you know, even though I knew what I was doing and going into publisher, going in as a publisher, I wanted to see if I can get it picked up from friends of mine at Marvel, friends of mine at DC, friends of mine at, you know what I mean, Image. So I sent to people, crickets, didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. So I, I what do you call it? So I said, okay, no problem. So I said, I'm going to put it out myself. So we put it out. And then um, at that point in time, Borders Books was one of the big bookstore companies here in, in the States. Um, I don't know if they were uh, outside of the United States. Did you have Borders there or no? I Borders don't books. know. We, I, I don't okay. know much about. Yeah. So Borders Books was one of the big retail uh, bookstores here in New York and around the, the country. Um, and I released the book in all the Borders stores across okay. the country, self-published uh, under Hound. But it was just self-published. We were Hound. We we were the only book Hound Comics. And uh, what do you call? We put it out there. Borders Books started, we did a signing in, the, the, in one of the stores for the first book. Borders started closing their stores up about a month or two after that. So we pulled all the books and then we relaunched in Barnes & Noble and B. Dalton's across the country, which are basically the same thing as what Borders was. So we wound up being the only independently owned and operated comic in every Barnes & Noble and B. Dalton in the country and the few that they had abroad, wherever it was. So, um, so our book was out next to DC and Marvel and image comics, dark horse in front, you know, in all these locations. So, um, you know, I said, all right, well, you're not going to help me. Well, I'll do it myself. Um, I sold our own advertising whatever. And then I said to my director of operations at the time, who's still a good friend, Aton wish. I said, Aton, uh, what do you call it? You know, we, we need to start touring again. So I can get out there, meet people, let them see the book and promote the comic. So he said, okay, we started doing some comic cons. We started booking some, some comic cons where I was signing and doing the brimstone thing there. And um, what do you call it? Reconnecting with old friends and people that I met along the way. And one of them I met, uh, met back up with in Manhattan. I won't forget it. It's it was Gotham. Um, 
Gotham uh, trade show, I think it was called, whatever. It was just, uh, you know, a small show. And the celebrities, we were all in one little room and, you know, people would have to come in. So it wasn't a big show. We had some time to kind of just hang out. And next to me were old friends of mine that I hadn't seen in a long time, maybe met once or twice. You know, so we were friendly. We became very close after. But, you know, uh, it was Peter and Angie Mayhew. So you might not know them by name, but Peter Mayhew is Chewbacca from Star Wars. Okay. So for those of you who are Star Wars fans, Chewbacca, you know, is, is Peter. So, um, you know, Angie, while we were doing our thing signing, uh, in between, she said, you know, Rim, I really like what you're doing with, with the comics and the kids' books and everything. And she goes, looks like you really have a good thing going with your brand. Would you be interested in, in publishing, you know, Peter's books? I said, well, I guess I am now. <laughs> and, we, and, uh, and we wound up, um, I, I wound up thinking, all right, you know, no problem. And, you know, so then I had to figure out, you know, uh, you know, all the, the stuff of that. And, and I can say it now years later. We we are the only company, at least up until that point in time, the only company that had the right to use the Chewbacca character without paying out anything to the Lucas uh, Lucas films. Um, now that Disney owns it, it we would have had even if you know we would have never had that that deal anymore. But um, but what do you call it? So I put out his two books, and then friends of mine from Disney and Nickelodeon artists. They were like, well, could you put out my book? Could you put out my book? And then, so I said, well, it's time to incorporate. And that's how Hound Comics Inc., Hound Entertainment Group was born. So now you want to get into the foodie stuff. When I was going to start moving, and I'm trying to give you guys nuts and bolts here, just you yes, know, a little, because yes, yes, yes. I could go on forever that you could get that in my book that I'm, I'm working on. Um, but what do you call it? The, um, the foodie stuff happened because I told Aton again, I said, well, we're, we're going on the road again. We're going to be touring a lot. We're going to do, I said, I'm sick of just seeing the insides of hotels, arenas, and, and convention centers. I said, you know, I, I, I'm sick of the, the planes, trains, and automobiles. I just, I want to I wanna be able to see the cities that I'm in. You know what I mean? And um, he goes, well, what do you want to do? I go, well, I like, I like to eat. He goes, yeah, we know that, Brim. I said, shut up, Aton. He said, then, uh, what do you goes? I said, I. Well, you know, I like to talk. He goes, yeah, we know that, Bram. I go, shut up, Aton. Uh, don't say shut up to your friends. It's not nice. Um, and and I, what do you call I said, you know, why don't we do some kind of a foodie thing? So Food Hound Tidbits was born. We wound up doing three seasons of Food Hound Tidbits uh, while touring across the country. Uh, we went from the comic the comic cons, uh, the, the floors of the comic cons to the tabletops of, of you know, uh, mom and pop hot dog shops and five star restaurants. And we built a brand and a business in the food hounds uh, business. So, you know, and I would always bring out or most of the time when, when uh, we could, we'd bring out another one of the celebs that, that I'm friends with to come and sit down and eat with us and, you know, and, and be a part of it. So, uh, you know, we did that for three seasons. And what's the next natural progression of doing a food series? Well, putting out food products. That's where all my sauces and seasonings came from. There's a whole story behind that, which obviously we're not going to get into every detail, but I had that, my coffee line, my candy bar line, my candy line. And now the cool thing about all of this stuff, especially the sauce and seasoning, is the fact that in the comic book, there's a place where the Borderhounds, because Brimstone is crew of Borderhounds, um, you know, in the wastelands, they go to a place called Heaven, which is right smack and dab in the middle of hell. Don't worry, it's just a gimmick. It's a comic book, um, and complete with stairway. Now, those of you who aren't privy to it, uh, a legendary band uh, called Led Zeppelin does a, a song called "Stairway to Heaven." So, what do you call it? So, when I say a stairway up to to heaven, what do you call it? Which is the bar? That was that's the joke. But I, I and, and I guess if I have to explain the joke, it's not as funny. But at least you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, so anyway, you go in there and inside this bar is where all the border hound units hang out. And uh, in there they can have, you know, sweet heat wings or grindhouse burgers. You catch the word grindhouse. And what do you call it? Grub munchies. and this. That. So there's all this these different things uh, that they can actually, um, you know, see in the comic but then they can also make and have in real life. Um, so that being said, you know, everything is marketed within the comic. And then I said, grindhouse wings. 
what do you call it, when I was getting sick of being on the road all the time and I wanted to try to stay home a little bit with my family more so than being out of town, um, what do you call it, I, I uh, came up with the idea of doing a show called The Grindhouse Radio. Grindhouse Burgers, see, it all kind of works together. Um, right. And again, I'm speeding through things, so uh, please, I hope you guys are following along. I know I'm, I'm talking way too much. But um, what do you call it, so getting, getting to that point, Again, just like in the comics and just like, you know, I figured, all right, well, I have a lot of contacts. I have a lot of connections. I called all the local media, um, all the radio. I said, hey, you know, you know me. I've been on on air with them as a guest a million times. I've done events with them. I figured, all right, well, I'd like to start a show. I I wanted to throw the idea to you guys and see what you think. Crickets. Crickets, AJ. I heard nothing but crickets. And uh, what do you call it? I said, okay. This isn't this isn't gonna work. Um, so I started looking into different ways to put this, you know, uh, this this idea into fruition. And um, I just nothing was working the way I wanted it to work in terms of what I felt comfortable with. Eventually, I had a couple of interns that started working with me who both had history in radio. Um, you know, and and I said to them, you know, because we had great banter in the office. What do you guys think of putting together, uh, sitting sitting around and putting together a uh, a, a podcast? Well, a show. Because at the time I didn't say podcast because I just wanted it to be a show. Um, I said, "What do you think about doing a show?" And the three of us sat down after hours one day, a single microphone in the middle of a of the office on on a on a desk because it was Hound Hound Entertainment, you know, corporate. Um, you know, and, and we were on a main road, so you hear the cars whizzing by. It's not like now where everything is soundproofed and, you know, we have right. professional equipment. And uh, what do you it? We sat down, an hour went by. It was like this pure magic. I said, this is going to be something. Uh, Grindhouse Radio was born. Uh, over seven years later, we've got between three and a half, four million listeners weekly worldwide. Um, you know, collectibles and toys out there. Uh, we've won a tremendous amount of awards. We've won in our area. One of the sweetest things, best radio station uh, for four years straight over all the radio stations who didn't give me a shot. Um, and what do you call it? And here we are, you know, uh, just sitting in a good place, pop culture, talk radio. So that's basically from A to Z, not counting all the voice work and all the other stuff. But just to give you a little idea of, of where I came from and see, that's why it's dangerous to ask me where I've come from, because we've already gone 35, 36 minutes into the show, be babbling on like a brook. It was not a babble. It was a journey from where you started, how you started. Because I'll tell you, uh, uh, Brim, is that I could have asked 10 questions and all this information would not still come out. Some people's life itself is the message to the world, as well as learnings and insights to whoever can learn from them so we got to know about everything uh, that you uh, did how you did how you branded yourself how you marketed yourself Mm -hmm. how things came uh, happened as you walked so how you need to keep keep on walking and then to have good relationship with a lot of people and obviously uh, uh, to manage a lot of stuff I will come to ask you how exactly you manage all this stuff but I, uh, if for people who have joined in late, I would like to play that clip once again. And in the sure. meantime, uh, in the meantime, you can also, you know, just uh, catch your breath because you sure. talk a lot of good, good stuff. Uh, but then everybody needs a bit of breather. So just yeah. have a breather and watch yourself. So let me see if it plays correct. Yes, brief. Uh, hello, hello, everybody. Hello, and if there are any questions, please feel free to. Ask. Yes, yes. If there are, obviously, uh, uh, this is evening time. A lot of people are returning from their offices. Whoever is watching, or maybe if they ask anything later on, I will certainly, you know, try to put them up to you. Sure. Now, after all this, you know, just le- a lot of insights into your life about what you, how you planned everything, how you 
market it and brand in yourself. Just want to ask one thing, you know, how did you manage all these things? Because if I tell you every stage in your career or your, your life that you were doing, if just one thing was perhaps enough for you to be, you know, to just sit back and enjoy your life. But you used everything that you had at that point in time on to the next thing and next thing and next thing. What was the driving force behind it all? What was it? Well, first and foremost, I you know, I want to be I want to be a household name eventually, which would be a beautiful thing. I mean, a lot of people know me. A lot of people do. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I won't be satisfied until, you know, everybody knows me and for positive things. Uh, that's okay. first and foremost. Second of all, to put food on the table, man, just to, to feed my family. You know, uh, my family is everything. And, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that, that I can provide for my family. And, um, you know, the only way to, you know, continue to make money when you work for yourself is to work. And, um, you know, so because it's really and it's really funny because a lot of people who work, you know, their nine to five jobs or they work for someone else. Um, essentially, you know, they're like, oh, well, you get you get to play all the time. You're playing all day. And oh, yeah, yeah. It's not a real job. Well, I work three times more hours than you do. And, um, you know, and if I miss an hour of work, then I'm not getting paid for that hour of work. You know what I mean? Um, you can rest your head down when you get home and kick up your feet and not do anything. Well, I'm still on phones, on the computer, on air, so having to do God knows what, do voice work, you name it. And I'm still working. Um, you know, here, perfect example. You messaged me at seven <laughs> seven o'clock this morning. Yes. Uh, well, no, actually, you, you messaged me at 2 a.m. last night for me. You know what I mean? And then I, I you know, I, I actually just just passed out when when that had happened because I did an appearance earlier in the day. And uh, what do you call it? So I didn't see it until this morning. Otherwise, you would have had it last night for you. Um, but what do you call it? Um, uh, you know, but seven o'clock in the morning, I've all, I was I just woke up. I'm I'm you know and I'm already on my phone working, responding to you, responding to about thirty other people. You know what I mean? And navigating and scheduling and doing before I was able to go back to sleep for another hour, maybe before I had to get to the studio to be on with you. You see what I mean? So you know, people people think it's oh yeah no I work hard man I work very hard it's, and other people will be. Oh, well, you could get away. Well, you could just take a couple of days. No, well, if I could, if I want, like this past week, I I could have taken the entire week off in the or and or a week and a half. You know, my my uh, wife and my kid, uh, one of my, my youngest, were off from school and and uh, work. So what do you call it? Uh, because she works in a school, so the schools were closed and they were on their vacation, and I could have just taken a week and a half off. But then I'm not making any money, right? I'm not doing anything. I'm not progressing. I'm not growing. I'm not building. I'm not putting food on the table. So I, what I did was I did events or things that I brought them with me to, all right, which was work-based but still family time. You know what I mean? And then I did work around, you know what I mean, uh, my, my family time. So, yeah, I was out and about and doing things, but I was also doing work or seeing people, or meeting people. Hell, I mean, we, we went to uh, uh, see friends of mine uh, over in Sleepy Hollow, New York. Sleepy Hollow is the legendary Headless Horseman. I don't know if you know that out there, but the legendary Headless Horseman, uh, the, the legend of Sleepy Hollow, um, that's the cemetery where the Headless Horseman rode and so forth. Uh, that being said, what do you call I went there to show, you know, to bring my wife and my little one so she could see the grounds, and I was with um, you know, the, the guy who runs the grounds and we're friends over, over the years, but you know, um, you know, cause he, he brings us around, brings me around whenever I'm in, in the area and teaches me new things and shows me historical stuff. But then we went out to eat, you know, I said, Hey, come out, let's go get some lunch you know, before we go, uh, get home. We went out to lunch and I'm sitting and taking pictures and signing autographs for people that recognize me. I'm always working, whether you think so or not, you know, and, and I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. Um, but what do you call it? But it does bother me when people think that I'm not constantly hustling, you know, or think that what I do is a game or a joke or, you know, like that, 
they don't they don't truly understand um, running is you know running a, a a business like I do for the Grindhouse Radio, which is a constant hustle. The same thing on Hound Entertainment Group, Hound Comics Inc. You know what I mean? Like it's that's two different businesses that have ridiculous amount of entities within it, not counting the Brimstone brand. Who, which has a tremendous amount of different entities within it, from the food brands to the voiceover work to the toys to the the this that you name it, and and that's that's a pain in the neck to manage myself. So all those, and that's before I get to see my wife and my kids. You know what I mean? Um, that's why I'm right. doing I'm doing a new series called Bringing Back the the Food Hound IP. Um, it's called Food Hound Home Edition, and I'm doing it with my son. Uh, what do you call it? Who's 20, going to be 21. And we're doing a foodie, foodie meets celebrity family series for a streaming service. So you guys can keep your eyes out for that. Um, but what do you call it? You know, and the, and the then the book is also book is also on the way. Yeah. Well, I've been working on the, I started my, my autobiography years ago, way before I ever should have started it. Um, so now, now um, I, I literally just the other day, Sat back down, um, you know, because I've been planning on trying to get started again. Uh, what do you call it? But I sat back down to fill in all the blanks because that was just what I wrote in that that book, which is already a tremendous amount of pages. And I need to figure out what I'm keeping, what I'm getting rid of. But that was just a tiny little fraction of what I what I've been through in my career. Um, so now we're, we're we're working on everything from then till now, which is that's a full autobiography that's what i really you know want to see um you know be be completed because uh there's a lot of stuff in there a lot of story a lot of things that you know people ask and people or people don't know or you know i i that's really what i'm i'm really psyched about getting that moving again my wife's not so much because she does the editing for me on it so <laughs> she's she's gonna go through and make sure everything is there um it's the bane of her existence but uh at the end of the day it's it's something that means a lot to me and um people will be able to get a good aspect of entertainment of entrepreneurism and as me and me as a person uh not just the public figure right Brip. Uh, in fact you don't need to justify anybody as to how many hours you work or whether you work hard enough or not. You have uh, you got so many things to do. Even just to do one small thing of those hundreds of things that you do takes a lifetime for so many people, you know. Oh, yeah. And well, and that, that's that's a lot of lot of achievement for you. Now, in terms of, you know, uh, a lot of people who are entertainers today, you have seen this industry from very close. You have got given so many insights now how would you tell them what would you tell them uh in 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 few points that how they can market themselves best in today's times because today times are changing there are so many things that has come up which but you saw them all coming up you have been a part of that uh they have or they have been part of your journey and you, you utilize all tools of marketing and branding that were possible so what has your insight for uh, especially entertainers who can how they can market themselves best it's generally uh, it's a global world and india is not very far off from how things are happening in the us and mind you i would love to do something in bollywood love it i i have always wanted to do something bollywood i think it's fantastic uh, matter of fact somebody gave me i don't know what what it was but somebody credited me in a bollywood movie and I don't know if I was actually, I might have actually done something for it at one point, but I didn't know it was a Bollywood movie. So I would like to figure out what that was again. I can't find it anymore. But regardless, okay, then, I've, right, I've right. always wanted to do a Bollywood. So if you know anybody in Bollywood that needs an ugly white guy with a beard, uh, what do you call it? I, I Who can talk? I'm in. I'm in. And I could dance too. I okay, okay. I'll I'll, I'll make a I'll I'll, I'll make <laughs> a clip out of it. This special clip about your Bollywood interest. And let's see, there are a lot of people, you know, who are a part of my LinkedIn profile and, you know, friends down there. And maybe if I, I know a few people personally, I'll certainly uh, pass it on to them. And I am in. I am and, in. And maybe I'll, I'll also try and find out who gave you that credit for whatever you did for that. Yeah. Movie. 
I don't know what it was, but anyway, uh, so back to the, to your question. So to answer your question, first and foremost, I tell anybody that wants to get into entertainment or entrepreneurism, um, you, you need to learn the trade that you're going to get into. No matter where I was throughout my entire career, when I was getting into something that was new that I wasn't, um, you know, fully versed in, I wanted to become a student of that spectrum. So I wanted to make sure to understand what I was getting into, what I needed to know, uh, who I needed to know and really understand that playing field because, you know, everything might have slight, you know, a bunch of things that are similar, but overall there's many vast differences between different industries. Um, you know, if you want to be an actor, well, then you need to hone the craft of being that actor, but I should suggest that you also learn the business aspects of being an actor, um, learn contracts, Learn, um, you know, some photography, learn your best angles, learn your, your what do you call it, um, how, what you need to put together a proper package. Um, I saw you had in that little thing, you used my EPK, an electronic press kit. Um, those are invaluable now because you take them, you send it out and it gives you, you know, information. And at least it gives people an idea of who you are, what you've accomplished, what you've done in a nutshell. You know what I mean? In a nutshell right. and uh, gives the person an opportunity to take a look at you and, and say, okay, I want to write about this person or I want to give them a shot. Um, in terms of marketing, um, again, you know, your, your best bet is you have right in front of you at your fingertips. Everybody has a phone these days, you know, you go on your phone, you go on your computer, social media, the hell out of yourself. And guess what? Promote yourself, promote I don't care what anybody says. People used to talk smack about me all the time. Oh, he he promotes himself. Oh, all he self promoter. Oh, you know. Oh, especially in the wrestling industry, you know, I had some haters, you know, that that you know they were go nowheres. So they would sit and talk. Uh, oh, all he does is promote himself. He's what they call a mark, uh, which is like a super fan uh, derogatory word for a, a, a super fan. Uh, oh, this he's a mark for himself. And you know what? At the end of the day, no, I'm not a mark for myself. I'm a smart businessman. I understand that you need to promote yourself and market yourself because if you don't do it, who else is going to do it for you? There are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of other people all around the world. It's not a small place. This has billions and billions of people, okay, that are doing the same thing you're doing. What makes me different than anybody else? So I have to stand out. So if I'm not promoting myself and I'm not talking about what I'm doing and I'm not out there and building the brand. Who else is going to do it for me? So that is one of the biggest things. Don't doesn't matter what anybody says. Steer clear of the hate. Steer clear of the people that are going to talk smack. They're unimportant. They don't. You've never seen a hater doing better than you. You work hard <laughs> and you push it forward. Work hard, push forward. And the fact is, is it's okay to fail. Fail. I'm telling you, fail. Fail a few times. Fail three, four, five, a thousand. doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. Failure is progress. Failure is a, a, a key and a major, major seed for your success. Because once you fail, you take a few steps back, you look at it, you plant that seed of failure, and then you move forward another 10 steps because you've learned from what you've done wrong. So you pick up and you you clean yourself off, you wipe yourself off, you know, wash up and move forward your 10 steps. You know what I mean? And that's the game of life. You know, people you know, get so hung up on their failures or having people, uh, you know, to, oh, oh, they said they're going to do this, but they didn't do this. Oh, oh they're, they're just a loser. You know what? These are people that are too scared to do it themselves. You know what I mean? Or they're talentless and they can't do it themselves. Don't listen to anybody else. Understand failure is a, a part of life. I take those failures and I wear them as a badge of honor. You know, and uh, the fact of the matter is, is you know, it, it, it's not about, it's old saying, but not about how many times you fall down. It's about the times, you know, about getting back up. You know what I mean? It's the times that you get back up and, move forward again. So those, those are some of my, my, you know, my go-tos and in, in terms of, you know, what people should do, um, become a student of whatever you're going to get into and learn how to market the hell out of yourself, learn how to be different, be different, 
uh, in the voice world here, perfect example, the voice, voice acting world. And I'm sure a lot of people out there, you know, especially nowadays after right. you know, during right. the pandemic and whatever, everybody's got a microphone will travel. Right. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, if you're, if you're, you're trying to do something, whether it's uh voice work, radio, what you need to be something different. You can't, if you sound like everybody else, you're not going to get that job. You know what I mean? You're not going to get the position. You might work a little bit, but being unique, being yourself, that's what's going to make it work. I've got long hair, long beard, earrings, usually my skull rings back and forth, and I can walk into a boardroom and demand whatever the hell I want to demand because they know that I come with that expertise. You know what I mean? And they respect the fact of what I've done and what I've accomplished and what I will still continue to accomplish. That's that's what you get when you put yourself out there and you are working hard and you are unique and you are are uh, you try to, to dare to be different. You know what I mean? Be better. It's one of the things I tell everybody. Be better. So in terms of and 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 also keep in mind doing voice work or doing um, you know radio stuff or what. Just because you go and and put yourself out there and look for work or look for representation or whatever, and they say no, doesn't mean you're not good. It doesn't mean that what you're doing is not good. It just means you're not necessarily what they're looking for at that time. So don't get frustrated. People get frustrated easily. And then they give up and they give up on it. Oh, it's not my dream anymore. I don't care. You know, No, work hard. Figure out what you could do differently and then take a couple steps back and then move forward again. You know, it's that simple. There is, there's a game to all this, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not going to tell all the secrets of it. You got to learn them for yourself, you know, because that's part of growing with it is learning those secrets, learning the business, learning what you do, what not to do, where to go, where not to go, who to, to, to network with and who not to network with. And it's all part of the, the game. You know what I mean? So I suggest that anybody who's looking to get into entertainment, entrepreneurism, to really, really to, to dig deep into themselves and, you know, really put everything they have into whatever they're looking to do. I hope I'm making sense. You made all the sense, uh, uh, Brahim, that is that one needs to understand. And when you have already said anything, there is nothing more to add to, uh, at least ask from my side, at least in terms of value add for any entertainer who is looking for a career or some advice as an entrepreneur. So my last question, uh, Brahim, is that uh, how does one contact you if they need to contact some uh, businessman, some Bollywood guy uh, who wants to talk to you or discuss something with you? Anybody well, else? Okay. Well, anybody who's serious that is a friend of yours, AJ, you can feel free to CC them in on an email and, and direct them to me because I would love to do some Bollywood stuff. That would be amazing. Um, what do you call it? It's so much fun. I, I, I Don't even get me started. You know what I mean? Um, but that being said, uh, what do you call it? You know, anybody who would like to contact myself, um, all my agents and everybody are listed, you know, obviously serious inquiries only. They're all listed on my official website, the real brimstone.com. It's in the contact page. You can scroll down anywhere that you want to, you know, work within, uh, you contact one of my agents. Uh, you can also contact directly on the website. Um, one of my people will review it. And if it is something real and they research and you, you're straight up, then, uh, will you will get a response. Um, I'm also very, very, very active on social media, uh, time willing, of course, uh, the last few weeks have been very, very crazy, uh, but I have been on, I have been on, so I released a couple of different things, um, you know, so from some voice work that I did, um, what do you call it? So, uh, but if you go to at the real brimstone on, uh, Instagram, I'm, I'm always on Insta. That's my go-to social, um, Facebook is there too, you know, uh, Twitter I'm on there too, but Instagram is really what I, I use regularly. And you can get everything, again, on my official website, therealbrimstone.com. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and if you use social media a lot and you want to use my mug in, in any of your, you know, uh, messages for gifts and stuff, just go to, uh, you know, when you put in gifts, put at GHR 
uh, Brimstone or Brim or whatever, and you know a whole bunch of them will come up or Giphy.com backslash GHR for Grindhouse Radio, and you'll see a whole bunch of bunch of uh, Brimstone gifts to, to play with. Over 1.4 billion used, so hopefully you guys will enjoy them. Thank you, thank you, Brim. It's a it's a wonderful show because you took that uh, took time out for us. Uh, it was a honor actually to you know to talk to somebody who has worked so hard all throughout his life, achieved mm. so much, and still does so much work for not only for himself for his family but also for a, for a lot of other people. I know you do a lot of charity work. We'll talk about Yes, I know that. We'll talk about a lot few more other things uh, sure. when we, we catch up again, when I get to have you in my show once again. As of now, it's been a good one hour, full one hour, and we are going beyond that. Uh, and uh, it, is, it is nice that we could talk to you. So thank you very much for your time uh, from the one and only... The Brimstone. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great one and uh, stay connected. Thank you. Thank you.